Welcome back to Podcast 31 of 2023. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev, follow us at The Oddsbreakers, and follow us on social media slash The Oddsbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by Betfred Sports. For $250 worth of free bets, please visit Betfred Sports. Use the promo code ODDS23. Terms, conditions, and location apply. If you'd like to support the Ozbreakers and benefit from our premium plays, please visit theozbreakers.com. Click shop and become a member. Pick any of our winning cappers to get their premium plays before the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. And if nothing else, please visit the Ozbreakers and become a free picks and telegram subscriber. My friends, we have a great show for you today. I'm actually going solo to discuss the NFL draft and all of the plays that I have currently made. And I'm okay with doing that because most of the value is gone on my better plays. There is some value left on some of the plays that moved against me. But that's where you can kind of think about it and see if I was right or wrong and make your own determinations. Lots of people aren't betting the draft and there's a lot of information that hasn't made it into the marketplace. A lot of teams are shutting their mouths and maybe that's turned off a lot of cappers from betting the draft, but I'm excited for it. It's one of my favorite times of year to bet, and I'm going to give you what I have to talk about some value coming in for Thursday night. Before I get into the draft, want to mention that when we start having guests, we are going to have our podcasts at 1 p.m. Pacific time, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Check out our YouTube channel to join in question or comment get our plays early live via our youtube channel at the oddsbreakers.com hoping to start that after derby week just might also happen wednesday on derby week if we decide that that's the best day to podcast next week for the run for the roses i also want to mention that we have opportunities for new cappers out there. If you'd like to get your feet wet in the industry, get your name out there, maybe monetize, please contact us at the Oddsbreakers. We are now accepting people throughout the summer, especially coming in to the football season. Would absolutely love to hear from you and help you out in any way that we can here at the oddsbreakers.com. I want to thank all you listeners out there. We I just got our new podcast statistics numbers actually i didn't just get them i think this might be about a week and a half to two weeks old but i was able to finally go through it and it looks like we had sixty-one thousand two hundred seventy-one downloads over the past 30 days which is fantastic it looks like we're growing we have great cappers like uh gator betting patrick gates hosting the hockey pod doing some great golf articles as well at the oddsbreakers some of his crew includes Franco the Banker and Gretzky's Betsky's. Great guys, great minds when it comes to NHL hockey. Obviously, all of our great guests at theoddsbreakers.com continuing to contribute. We thank you so much and thank all of you listeners out there that helped us get to really where we are today. You know, we'd be nothing without you and we are investing more and more in our website as well. The odds have been kind of broken. I'm fixing all the live odds going on at the website so you guys can access them 
at any time as well. So more and more coming for premium subscribers. We're going to have some models coming out for football season as well as college basketball season. So they are in test mode right now. So really excited about some of these models. Now, models and analytics aren't the end-all be-all because of, well, things like spots and injuries and the way teams match up against each other, weather, everything can factor in. And that's where the creative part of handicapping comes in. But at least I can give you some sort of analytical judgments that I've been using over the past few years to be successful. Little tweaks here, here and there as things change, obviously. But we're going to keep it up to date over at the oddsbreakers.com for all members going forward. All right, without further ado, let's get into the NFL draft. And man, has these numbers just been all over the place. What I was mentioned before is that a lot of these teams are just keeping their mouth shut. And a lot of people are thinking that maybe Roger Goodell is behind it, right? Maybe they don't want all this noise in the marketplace because, well, for them, they'd rather have the reporters break this news. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's broken on Twitter and when it's on Twitter, it doesn't really help their websites out or their media locations out because obviously the news is out there. And uh, when they repeat it finally on their website through an article or finally through maybe a video, it's old news. So maybe that's part of the reason why you're not getting enough information. I actually have a belief that it might be a little bit of that. But I think that a lot of these players aren't looked at as highly as the market thinks of them right now. You know, in general, I'm not a big fan of the quarterbacks compared to the thoughts in the marketplace. I'm not. I talked to you about that. You know, I'm not a big fan of the wide receivers. I, I guess I never really am, but even more so this year. I also think that's keeping GMs quiet because they really don't know what they're going to do. They don't know if players are going to drop in their hands. You know, there's no big moves being made up to number one. There's been one major trade you know and i'm not calling the aaron Rodgers because all that happened with that is the flip-flop of the 13th and the 15th pick that just happened earlier this week the only major trade was carolina to number one you know i mean if cj stroud was all that at least according to these gms they already would have traded up to number two that's almost what makes me think that well there's a chance that the texans really want stroud and that's why they're not trading down and some other teams wanted to trade up or none of them like them, you know? And at the same time, if you really love Will Levis and you're afraid the Colts are going to trade up and pick them, why isn't the Texans then traded down for that? So that just kind of reinforces the fact that I still lean it's probably C.J. Stroud, you know? Because if the Texans aren't trading down, then they either want a quarterback or nobody wants a quarterback. <laughs> you know, that's kind of the way you look at it. So right now, I'm just kind of sitting back and just waiting for anything to pop right now. I made plenty of draft plays. We'll see which ones hit. I have some very good value, and uh, I'm going to go over that right now with you and what the current lines are at DraftKings.com. All right, the first play I made, and I thought it was later in March, but apparently it was March 11th. 2023 Bryce Young first pick of the draft at plus 300 for a star now I've mentioned many times why I did this so I don't need to really again there's just a lot of noise in the marketplace and at the point it flipped to CJ Stroud disagreed with it 
was lucky enough to get the plus 300 now at DraftKings. It is Bryce Young minus 1600 to be the first pick of the draft. Now, I will say there was some Reddit post yesterday that had Will Evans. Will Evans it claimed that he told somebody that he was going to be the number one pick. And believe me, that did move the market for a minute. Bryce Young dropped all the way down to like minus 500. And Will Levis dropped down to like plus 300. But this guy that posted that apparently only has two posts in his life and the other is like about Batman or something. So it really couldn't hold a lot of water. Now, does that mean that Will Levis is not getting picked first? No, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean CJ Stroud's getting picked first. It doesn't mean Anthony Richardson's get, not getting picked first. Tyree Wilson not getting picked first. It only means that there's noise in the marketplace, yet the odds are still heavily favored on Bryce Young. I'm pretty happy with that, and I'd be shocked if uh, the Panthers traded all the way up to number one to grab anybody else than Bryce Young. The next pick I made was on March 26th, and I bet that the first tight end to go would be Michael Mayer at minus 125 for two stars. Now he is at minus 225. Now the Dalton Kincaid injury was the reason I did that. And I think thought that puts him at a bigger risk. I thought that Mayer's just a bigger guy, better able, better blocker. You know, you can almost argue that Kincaid's a, a wide receiver in a way, but Michael Meyer is the best tight end in this draft and he's been the best for over a year. So I'm like, why would I not take this? It flipped then to Dalton Kincaid, which bugged me. I was like, wow, Michael Meyer is now all the way up to plus 200. Well, I hope some of my members get this really late, (laughs) but then it flipped all the way back. So I really don't know what's going to happen. I have, Mayer going to the Packers at number 13. But at the same time, right now I'm holding some value. I could hedge back with Dalton Kincaid at plus 160. But the fact that I laid minus 125 makes me not want to do that so much. You know, it's not enough meat on the bone to take Dalton Kincaid at 160. Talk to me when he's plus 300. Now, if I was the guy that got Michael Mayer at plus 200, yeah, I'd grab myself a little Dalton Kincaid uh, at 160. You know, be a, you'd, you'd win either way in this situation. The next play that I made in the draft looks like was on March 29th. And I picked first wide receiver drafted. I picked Quinton Johnson at plus 550 for a half a star and Jalen Hyatt at plus 2000 for a half a star. Now, this is completely wrong according to the marketplace. Quentin Johnson is now at plus 800 and Jalen Hyatt is at plus 3000. So 30 to 1 for Jalen Hyatt, 8 to 1 for Quentin Johnson. This is one that I wish I didn't give out, but it is what it is. If it still hits, I'm still good. If you're getting this podcast right now and you're deciding to jump on the bandwagon with me, God bless you. I don't know if it's going to happen. But my argument against Smith and the Jigba is that he's injury prone. Clearly, if he's a hamstring injury that wasn't torn is going to keep him out all year. Or was it his attitude, which might even be worse of a red flag. And the fact that 
and the Rose Bowl, he played against a bunch of scrubs. Utah's cornerbacks were sitting out, if you remember. So that doesn't mean that he's still not the best, but I just don't like any of these guys. I think Hyatt's the best, personally, with the 4-4-40, played for Tennessee, got a little injured at the end of the year, but he's fine. I, I like him. Jordan Addison, for a while, was a first-round guy. But Quinn Johnson's the tall guy. Jalen Hyatt's the faster guy. It would be a shock if it's not Smith Najigba at this point, but this is one that I have for some bad numbers. The next draft play I made was on April 5th. I played Will Anderson to be picked under 3.5 in his draft position at plus 350 for a half a start. Now, um, maybe that doesn't happen if like the Colts trade with them because they really want Will Levis and he gets knocked down to four. That's possible. But right now, this is at minus 180 to the over and plus 135 to the under. Now, this was better for me in probably about two weeks ago, a week and a half ago. I think it was like under three and a half was minus money and over was plus money. So even though my plus 350 is better than the plus 135 right now, there's uncertainty in the marketplace. I just, in my mock draft, I have the Cardinals picking them, you know? But if they do trade with the Colts because the Colts are afraid someone else is going to trade with them, that's why the Bears got Mitch. They traded with the 49ers. They're afraid someone else would trade with them, move one spot up. Then I could be in a little trouble for it, but I also hedged this play. And so you're going to find out what that's all about in a few minutes right here. The next one is... My hedge on Bryce Young. C.J. Stroud, first quarterback selected the draft, plus 225.5 stars. Now, obviously, this number is much better. (laughs) C.J. Stroud's plus 1,200 for the first quarterback of the draft. And I decided to go first quarterback instead of first pick because, you know, why would you go first pick if if, if it's just between the quarterbacks? What if, like, uh, somebody like Will Anderson does go first or Jalen Carter? Then you can still win with the first quarterback. And then if I had that for Bryce Young, I probably would have took that instead of the plus 300 on the other side of it. But this was way back in March. So I only did this for half the amount. So that means at half the amount, you have to, you get your money back at two to one plus 200. Well, I got it at plus 225. So I'm going to win either way, even if it was CJ Stroud, the first quarterback selected in the draft. But I think it's a pretty good hedge and I'm only sacrificing, you know, a half a unit. So instead of really plus 350, I have on Bryce on uh, Bryce Young, it's really about plus two fifty. If one of those two happen, if neither happen, I'd be pretty pissed <laughs> because you know the true odds is that you're losing the full pe- uh, two bets rather than one bet. Even though my hedge was a little bit smaller, so my next play was made on the thirteenth, April thirteenth. I bet Anthony Richardson over 4.5 at plus 125. Well, this kept going to minus money to minus money. I was way ahead of it. It was like minus 200, minus 230 over four and a half. So I was happy about that. Then they moved the number it all the way to seven and a half. And over seven and a half is only plus 110 and under seven and a half is minus 140. So they still think he goes under seven, you know, 
I mean, I could set myself up for a middle if it wasn't minus 140, but to be honest with you, I rank Anthony Richardson's seventh best quarterback, and he's a massive work in progress. It would not shock me if he's not even in the top 20 or even in the first round. Uh, you know, the media seems to like him because of his combine, but I thought it was kind of strange that he wrote a letter after a couple of his workouts to teams, like he felt desperate enough to do that. Maybe he's feeling some bad vibes on uh, his outlook here. I don't know. I could be also completely wrong, and maybe he's drafted fourth by the Colts you know, and lose his bet. But I'm really liking where I'm standing here over 4.5 plus 125 for one star. And, um, you know, if I get a good number that he's not top 10 or something, might might take a dive into that market as well. The next one is actually a position total. Tight ends. So on DraftKings, under two eventually moved. It was it was actually two and a half, but instead they made moved it down to two and made it plus money. It was under two at plus three hundred. And then at FanDuel. I got first round tight ends under two and a half at minus 138. I took both for a half a star a piece. So right now under two is plus 225, which means I have 75 cents of value there, but under two and a half is minus 138. There's a chance that all three, Darnell Washington or maybe Musgrave or something, falls into the first round. And then you have Kincaid and Mayer there. There's a very chance I lose these bets. But at the same time, the fact that tight ends are pretty deep, you know, they're actually pretty deep this year. You got Tucker Craft. You got Cameron Latu from Alabama. And I don't know what happened to this dude. This dude was good at one time, man. I don't know why he fell so far. You got Sam Laporta from Iowa. Fantastic tight end. I mean, Iowa's been tight end you over the past five, six, seven years, right? Um, Zach Koontz, Leonard Taylor. You got some very good tight ends there that um, could be drafted later and teams can wait for them. So why would you rush out into a position that's got plenty in it rather than getting a position that's very top-heavy, right? So in my opinion, for a first round, maybe it's only Michael Mayer. Or maybe I lose that bet and it's Dalton Kincaid, but I win the other one, the under two, at plus 300. So I just am not super high on tight ends going first because there's just so many good ones. The next bet that I made was on April 19th, and it was the Will Anderson hedge. Will Anderson over three and a half. Another half star on this, so I went equal on this because I have plus 350 under three and a half, and now I have plus 110 for a half a star over three and a half. Now, if I lose this bet and he's drafted fourth or higher, I still win a little bit because I have to make up for the half the unit I lost, but I have plus 110 rather than plus 100. So I make a little bit. I still think he goes under three and a half, and that's why I didn't hedge higher. I mean, I could have hedged a full unit there and made more money if he's over three and a half, but I just still think he's under three and a half, so I didn't, you know. So it's important to look at the numbers and uh, you know make those decisions because now 
he is like minus 180, as I said before, to go over three and a half. All right, so the next plays are more focused on the actual uh, team specials on which position these teams will pick first. Now, these are a little scarier because they're not yes or no. There's more ways to lose this bet. But if you do your research and uh, really dig in, you can hit some of these. And I found a few that I think have some value. So I went bigger and won a full star in Detroit Lions to draft first pick a defensive lineman slash edge at plus 130. And I did this right when Jamison Williams and Cephas were suspended. Cephas for a year, Jamison Williams for six months, and they also lost a cornerback. That was more of a special teams player. So it overreacted because this was favored, and then it moved from like minus 110 to uh, plus 130. Now it's all the way back to plus 100. So I have a little value on this. So their position that's favored is still cornerback, but they also sign cornerback in the offseason, you know? So I'm thinking to myself, what do the Lions need more? They need edge and stoppage of the run. Their defense was so bad. They also they got rid of Akuda, but their largest free agency grab was Cameron Sutton, cornerback from Pittsburgh, three years, 33 million bucks. 10, 11 million a year, you know, guaranteed at sign 21 million. They covered that Jeff Akuda trade. I guess they lost Mike Hughes too. So, I mean, you can throw that in a little bit. And they gained Emmanuel Mosley, cornerback from San Francisco, one year, 6 million. So they're sitting here with losing two corners, gaining two expensive corners. Not so sure they're going to jump at cornerback in the first round. So I really like the defensive line slash edge at plus 100. I we, we gave it out at plus 130. I still like that play quite a bit. The only thing I'm addicted to right now is winning. So next on April 24th, I move away from that, and I come back to it in the next one. But I actually go for a number of players drafted. So after I did my mock draft, as you know, I gave out over 14.5 defensive players in the first round at plus 150. Well, that one's moved away from me. That's pretty high now because a lot of these mock drafts have 14 defensive players and 17 offensive players, right? So it's plus 255 now. So I hate when that happens. But you look at some of the drafts that you might trust, McShay, He's got 15 defensive players uh, and 16 offensive players. You have to remember no Dolphins pick in the first round for that suspension. And then Mel Kuyper in his old mock draft had 16 of them. And there's a, quite a few other guys that have 15 or 16 that I respect in their mocks. Now, most of them have 14, okay? Now, that's because they have receivers and quarterbacks going deep. These other mock drafts, have five quarterbacks in the first round. Hendon Hooker, Richardson, you know, uh, the other three, what Levis, Stroud, Young. And they also have three or four receivers going, at least. Smith and the Jigba, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnson, you know, maybe some Jalen Hyatt. 
you know, the way I look at it is none of these receivers really stuck out and quarterbacks might not be top heavy, but they're a little bit deep this year, you know? And and if they're keeping quiet for Hendon Hooker, maybe it's because they don't like Anthony Richardson, you know? They're, the rumor is Hooker's going to go a little bit higher, and I trust me, I almost, I really thought about making that over-under play under on Hooker. A lot of books are exposed in it, and usually you kind of, <laughs> you, you kind of uh, fade the public perception, right? <laughs> but I don't know, H- Hooker in my mock rankings, is number two. So it wouldn't shock me at all if Hendon Hooker uh, goes a little bit lower. And I haven't made this bet yet. Let's see what he's at, DraftKings. He is 31.5, juice the under at minus 190 now. That thing's been moving. I miss the good numbers on him. You know, At this price, it's a pass for me. But I wish I would have took it earlier. And uh, maybe if you make that number like 29 and a half or something like that. I think the Eagles are looking to trade out of their 30th pick. And that's where some people might trade up and get hookers. So that's what it is. But if you're, if it was that plus money at 29 and a half or especially 30, you know, th- then I would uh, take a bite out of it. But right now, minus 190 for 31 and a half. Mm, probably not going to be going that far for me. I could honestly see Anthony Richardson falling out of the first and Hooker moving back in. So there's still four quarterbacks there. Or maybe even C.J. Stroud that got the really bad cognitive abilities test. There just seems to be a lot of strangeness going on. I still I still have the Texans, and I'm more confident that they have them not number two. But this is, like I said, a draft with a lot of information that people don't have so having plus money is probably your best bet i have under 1.5 running backs in the first round these are i made four plays on this day on april 24th by the way so running backs under one and a half i took it at minus 110 and it is at plus 160 right now a bunch of people are marking jameer gibbs to the Buffalo Bills or to the Philadelphia Eagles at pick 27 and pick 30, you know. I'm not a fan of that. I know Gibbs is a pretty good running back, and he's second, but he's a distant second behind B. John Robinson, in my opinion. I also think that Buffalo needs a linebacker so much worse than a running back. You know, they just picked a running back pretty high last year. Are they going another running back, you know, after you just got your clock leaned by Cincinnati, Kansas City. You know, you're going to pick a running back? Seriously? That makes no sense whatsoever. And the Eagles have a lot more room to pick a running back, I will say. But they have an aging pass rush that they need, they need to fix as well. As well as losing TJ Edwards, a good linebacker. So, yeah, it would. I think those are a little bit of a reach for me. I still like it, and I like it a heck of a lot more at the... Uh, plus 160 the next one was over 5.5 defensive backs drafted in the first round for a pretty big bet at 2.5 stars at minus 185 it's minus 195 now slight value 10 cents not really but it's just how my draft goes I actually had a mock draft with six corners going and I thought other teams needed corners and I went with like offensive linemen instead like just like guards or something 
And uh, I, I didn't even mock Burns from Alabama, the best safety in the draft, who's ranked 17th in a lot of uh, draft uh, rankings, around 17, I should say. Um, I didn't even have him in my first round mock. You know, so I think that defensive backs are really in need in a passing league. So I did that from 2.5 stars. I have a slight value there. And I have under 5.5 offensive linemen at plus 330. It is plus 350 now. And I just did that for a half star. But I just think at the big plus 300 money, that is a very big possibility. So what if maybe I do lose the defensive players one? You know, I actually just pressed that bet, by the way, at the plus 250. Uh, what if I lose that one? Um, then maybe I still win under 5.5 offensive linemen because maybe it is all wide receivers and quarterbacks, and I'm completely wrong about this draft. So there's other ways to win just based upon the way you're diversifying your portfolio, right? So keep in mind that there's a lot of different ways to attack things and a lot of different ways of hedging where you can actually hit on both plays. All right, let's finally move on to the last bets I made, which was April 25th, about a day ago. I went to the positions. So for draft team specials is where you find it on DraftKings. I went with the Green Bay Packers to pick a tight end at plus 380 for 0.5 stars. Now, I made that one at FanDuel, and it's still there at plus 380. The favorite is defensive lineman at plus 170, and second is wide receiver at plus 210. Some people think that Jackson Smith and the Jigba will go to the Packers. I think they go tight end because if you listen to me on my last show, I pointed out that the Packers have zero tight ends right now, and maybe they wait for it in the draft, but Josiah DeGuerra, when you can get Michael Mayer at 13th, that's a massive step up, and it really covers that positions. And there's nothing better for a young quarterback is to have a big target. You got to get a big guy up there for uh, love, right? A big guy for him to throw to, so you know he can feel better checking down and a little bit more accurate throwing to a bigger guy rather than having to worry about missing or possibly throwing an interception. You know, I, I think this is a massive need for the Packers. And so that's why I have Michael Meyer going right there at nice plus 380 money. I have the Eagles going with their 10th pick defensive line or edge. And it doesn't have to be the 10th. If they trade up to the you know higher, could still be that. I hear they also like Paris Johnson. and There's just so much noise right now in the marketplace. But I got that plus 230 at .5 stars. So the Eagles right now, are for an offensive lineman that's the favorite at minus 115 but defensive line edge went all the way down from plus 230 to plus 110 so i have some serious value on that one when i gave it out the next one i have is two for the vikings vikings cornerback at plus 200 at 0.5 stars and vikings defensive line slash edge at plus 400 for 0.25 stars so for a quarter of a star I went with that one. So I'm in for less than a full unit on this Vikings thing. But going back to the NFC North here, the Vikings pick a wide receiver as the plus 200. They pick a cornerback as still plus uh, 200. 
And defensive line edge, I lost a little value. It's actually at plus 450. I think that the Vikings' defense was so bad last year, they can go either cornerback or defensive edge. Why the heck would they go receiver in the first round if they need those positions so bad? Did Adam Thielen was a good player, and it didn't do much for them last year. And they have receivers in uh, Minnesota. And I'm not saying like it makes up for Adam Thielen, but Thielen, you can get one later. Justin Jefferson's the man there. You got K.J. Osborne, and now you sign Jalen Rager. You know, why would they go receiver? So I think I give a shot at corner and have a shot at defensive line edge here. If either hit, I'm making money. The next one I have is the Las Vegas Raiders. I think they go cornerback. It's at plus 115. I just went a half a star on that because Devin Witherspoon has just looked to be picked by the Raiders right now. A lot of mocks do it. And I agree with that. That's what they really need to stop Mahomes and his receivers, to stop Justin Herbert and his receivers. The the Raiders need a stud cornerback. Get the best one in the draft. I love that one at plus 115 right there. Not a ton of plus money, but it's something. Now, the big one that I made for one star, besides the Lions one, was the Bills, you know? The Bills in the AFC East, their biggest need is the Tremaine Edmonds loss, okay? That was massive, and this is still at plus 275. Wide receivers favored at plus 200. Defensive lineman edge is at plus 250. But how are you going to make up for Tremaine Edmonds, you know? The Bears signed him. They lost Roquan and got Edmonds. It was kind of like robbing Peter to pay Paul a little bit, as I mentioned in another podcast. But they haven't really signed anybody good, you know, to make up for that. So, in my opinion, this is the most obvious choice is to get the best linebacker in the draft. You got Simpson there, and you got the guy from Iowa. Is it Van Ness, I think? Either way, you need to fill that position. It is hurting right now over at Buffalo, and uh, you need a defense that's going to stop some things. So, as I mentioned before, I think the Bills really go linebacker. I did plus 275 for a full star. Kill. I reckon you know a lot about cyberspace. You, you ever come across anything like time travel? All right, the next one I went with was another position group, Giants offensive line plus 380 and so i only did this for a quarter star so it's not really gonna hurt much if i lose this and i don't want to lose this but it is what it is and the giants lost two interior linemen all right and this is still at plus 380 at DraftKings. that's their biggest hole right now not corner not wide receiver is offensive line i mean they could use some receivers I don't know why they traded Kadarius Toney just to draft another one. He was still well into his rookie deal. That makes no sense to me, but they need to uh, still protect Andy Jones over there, who just got paid, by the way. So after losing a guard in the center, I say go with an offensive lineman. And the fact is plus 380, I figured it's worth a corner, a quarter unit shot. And then the next one I ha- next two I have are very big longer shots, and they're both quarter unit plays. So going back to the AFC West, the Chargers, with all this craziness, with the Austin Eckler trade, 
I had to take a shot that they go with running back. And maybe they're the guy that drafts Gibbs. Gibbs would screw up my under one and a half running backs. But if I can go Chargers running back at plus 700 for a quarter star, that certainly would make up for it and then some. You know, I mean, maybe Bijan Robinson actually falls to the Chargers. But the Austin Eckler thing, he is their whole offense behind Herbert. He's the guy everything kind of goes through. He's the dump down guy. He's the guy that receives the most passes out of all the running backs over the past two, three years. You know, he's that important. So that's why I say, if you're going to keep the same type of offense, you should pay the man. But then again, you know, you got another offensive coordinator coming in from Dallas in Kellen Moore, but Kellen Moore had two running backs to work with, you know, Pollard and Zeke, he threw the ball too, you know? So why would, would you just sit out there? Yeah. And to be honest with you, I, if, if I was giving them recommendation, I would wait for a running back. Unless it's B. John Robinson, then maybe in the 20s I'd like a running back. I don't like running backs early because rarely do they move the needle. They usually get hurt and you're not resigning them anyway to a long-term deal. But in this situation, you know, if it's Gibbs, maybe they do it. And I'm not saying I would. I'm just saying that maybe they would. If it was me, I'd pay Eckler and just move on. Or try to get another one for free agency. You know, there's a few out there. I mean, the Bears just signed Foreman. <laughs> they had their opportunities there. But who's behind Eckler? Josh Kelly, Isaiah Spiller, and Larry Roundtree. <laughs> you know, you're not getting too far with those guys. So Chargers running back at plus 700 at 0.25 stars is the uh, look that I'm giving right now. And my next one could be the biggest hit of the draft, and it's only for a quarter star, but it's plus 5,000. And it's for the Cincinnati Bengals. So the Bengals in free agency lost a big safety. And I know safeties aren't ranked high, and maybe Burns is gone. And after Burns, the next safety is ranked like in the 50s or 60s, but that doesn't mean the team ranks him there. You know, I think the Cincinnati Bengals very much could draft a safety here, especially if Burns drops to number 29 where they're at. Uh, they lost, the Bengals lost Jesse Bates to Atlanta. Four years, $64 million. They picked up Nick Scott uh, for three years, and that's a safety from the Rams, $12 million. But then they also lost Von Bell. I thought he was their best safety. Three years, $22 million. They're really bad at safety right now. You know, they need one. And they did resign Michael Thomas there, but they need better safeties. 50 to 1? Why not? Why not give it a chance that the Bengals are going to grab a safety at that monstrous number on DraftKings? Let's go to them in the AFC South. Or sorry, the AFC North. The Bengals to pick a tight end is plus 150. That's what everyone thinks. But I say, why pick a tight end when you never throw to them anyway? They're not a big part of your offense. You signed Irv Smith. Cornerback at plus 250. Okay, well, that helps my cornerback plays. Offensive lineman plus 400. Defensive lineman plus 400. Running back plus 850. Wide receiver plus 2,500. Linebacker plus 3,500. And safety sitting there when that's what they lost in free agency at plus 5,000. I think that's definitely worth a shot. And that is the last play that we have made thus far in the draft. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. And 
the fact that I feel comfortable giving you all my plays is because most of these lines moved in my direction. So premium subscribers, according to my philosophy, get bets when they're made. They're not sitting there running stale where people can buy bets itself. I like giving them out where people are actually making them when I am making them. I will always have that philosophy. And that's what's benefiting people right now in the draft. Now, of course, I could lose in the draft. I still haven't lost in an NFL draft that I can remember. But hopefully, when more information comes over the next 24 hours here from when I'm recording this, this is coming out Thursday morning, I can make some smart decisions for premium subscribers uh, just like I have in the past. All right, let's move on to a little UFC on ESPN 72. Best Fight Ads calls it UFC Fight Night 225. Bet Online calls it UFC Vegas 72. There's just so many words for this. ESPN calls it the main event, which is uh, UFC Song Yadong versus Ricky Simon. But anyways, this is not a great card because I just said it. Song Yadong versus Ricky Simon. I mean, these are close to even. Ricky Simon's got a little bit of a favorite to him at minus 115 in some of these books. Minus 105 on Song Yadong. Yeah, I don't have a big opinion on this. I've I've liked Song Yudong. I think he's stepped up in competition, you know, many times, fighting some of the best uh, guys in the 135 pound uh, bantam weight class. Corey Sanhagen, he just lost to for good via doctor stoppage. He's fighting pretty well that fight. Marlon Morais, he beat Julia Ars. Sorry, Julio Ars. Um. Also, uh, Ray Borg. He lost to Rob Font, which is a good contender. Uriah Faber. There's just, uh, you know, a lot of big names that he fought. And I don't think that Ricky Simon is even close to stepped up to the competition. Now, Ricky Simon's record's better. You know, Ricky Simon, two losses in his career since 2017. You know, his two losses were to Uriah Faber by a TKO and Rob Font by decision back in 2019. Then he beat Ray Borg. Um, this dude named Perello. I don't even remember who he is. Brian Kelleher. Uh, Rafael Sunchow, who's a good fighter. I, I, I do give him a little bit of props for beating Rafael Sunchow. Although Sunchow's been in a spiral, losing five of his last six, man. And then uh, Jack Shore. You know, so my opinion here is this is line just based upon what have you done for me lately but you have to remember that song Yadong is only 25 years old and ricky simon is 30 they call men in their primes th at 30 but i don't know you know Yadong facing guys like sanhagen you know i am completely fine with a doctor stoppage in that lost you know beating morice and arse i i kind of favor song Yadong in this situation and uh I think he might be the better fighter all around. Song has more significant strikes, 4.55 to 3.04. Uh, the grappler is definitely more Ricky Simon, who takes you down all the time, 6.55 to 0.63 for Song Yudong. He's just got to basically wrestle himself out of this. But these judges are now favoring strikers a little bit more as of late. This match should be in the apex 
in Las Vegas, where your chances of having better judging are higher, at least, right? So, you know, I, I think Song Yadong being now, I'm seeing plus 100, plus 105 might be a little bit live here. I hate usually going against a wrestler, and that's why money's moving in on Ricky Simon here. But I'm going to do a little bit more research before I make a decision on this one. I will give you a play here, though, on this heavyweight fight. Marcos Rogerio de Lima versus Waldo Cortez Acosta. Now, Marcos de Lima is minus 180. Waldo Cortez Acosta plus 160, plus 155 in some books. This is simple to me. Um, Marcos Rogerio has been around for a long time. He's 29-1. So he has a very nice uh, record you know, coming in. But, uh, you know, Acosta's kind of the younger, hungrier fighter, 31 years old. And Acosta's bigger, 6'4", you know. And uh, Marcos is, what, 6'1"? You know, so you definitely got to look at the size here. Reach, 78 inches for Waldo, 75 inches for Marcos. Significant strikes landed permitted, 7.81 for Marco for uh, Waldo, 3.57 for Marcos. Now, Mar- now Marcos is the guy that's going to try to get this fight to the ground, but it's a heck of a lot harder getting a 260-pound heavyweight than it is like a mid-range heavyweight, 6'1", 250, 245 pounds, in my opinion. You know, Waldo's 9-0 here. You know, he's got a pretty good record, and now I know he hasn't fought in the best of the best by any means, He, but he did just beat Chase Sherman by decision. He beat Jared Vandera by decision. You know, he so he's been there. Knocked out his guy in the Dana White Contender Series uh, back in August of 2022. But this kid's kind of on the his way up. Well, Marcos, you know, he beat Andre Arlovsky getting him in a submission choke. Arlovsky is about as old as I am. <laughs> he lost to Blagoy Ivanov. You know, big guy that just uh, from Bulgaria. He just lasts. He just lost to Marcin Tibera, I guess, in... Uh, three-round fight as well, which people were surprised how far it went. So it's not like this guy's great. He's okay. He beat Ben Rothwell. He beat Maurice Green. Lost to Alexander Romanoff, which is fine. Romanoff's really good. Well, Romanoff's kind of losing his last two fights. What the hell's wrong with that guy? Um, Yeah, he, he, you know, he lost to OSP back in 2017, which is fine. But I just, I'm, I'm going to go with the younger guy, Waldo Cortez Acosta at plus 155, you know? He can't wrestle as much, but I don't think that Marcos easily gets him to the ground. So we're going to do this for 1.5 stars at plus 155 or plus 160, wherever you can get the best number. What is the five fingers? Say to the face! <laughs> what? Slap! All right, my friends, I hope you enjoyed this podcast and enjoyed going through the NFL draft. We are going to get right into the Kentucky Derby with some big guests next week. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast if you enjoy it. If you have any questions for us for the Kentucky Derby or any events coming us, please feel free to email us at info at theoddsbreakers.com. Enjoy all the fights this weekend. Enjoy all the big games. And go get some winners.